Hello, everyone, and welcome to another beautiful and stunning episode, I say that for emphasis, of Live from the Blue Seats. Hello, everyone. My name is producer JL, and joined with me here today is the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Dave Shapiro, joining us here. He is the, the headmaster of this website and also the guy that likes to yell at me when things go wrong. Dave, how are you doing? I don't yell at you when things go wrong. I yell at you when you call me old. And well, I am see, definitely not a myth, and I'm definitely not a legend, all right? Well, Those things are, by far, no. Homer Simpson is the man, the myth, the legend. I am, that not, is true. I am, I am one of those things. Well, I did not call you old, and that is for obvious reasons. Not yet. I, too, am also old. <laughs> yeah, but you actually watched some of these West Coast games, whereas I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to bother trying. Um, the only game I could have watched was the, I think it was, the, one of the games started at 8.30. I think it was the it Sunday It was the Anaheim game. Ducks game. Yeah, yeah so and I was too busy. Sunday night. Yeah, and I was too busy throwing up with food poisoning. That was fun. Well, we hope that you're feeling better, and that is a perfect segue into what we're going to first talk about. We're not going to get too much into detail on it, but obviously we do have to touch it, is the Rangers uh, kind of not great, but not the worst road trip. You know, they could have lost all four games, but they obviously didn't do as well as we thought they would. So um, we'll get your thoughts on that in a second, Dave, to see what you've been able to gather just from, like, some of the, the statistics and the analytics from those games so far, because I know that you might have missed some of them here and there. But overall, throughout the trip, the the guys just looked off, you know. And one of the, one of the people that I'd say looked kind of off was – you know, make a Zibanejad. And it's obviously not just him by himself. But you can see that there was some sort of, you know, maybe some lackadaisical sort of thing in his play where it just kind of looked like he was just not all there. Now, we don't really know what's going on. You know, maybe there's something going on in his life or whatever that probably, you know, is affecting his play. But he was one of the bigger culprits that didn't exactly look too sharp in uh, a couple of those games. The defense was okay for the most part. They weren't exactly, you know, the worst, but they weren't the best either. Um, obviously, in the San Jose game, there wasn't enough pushback. You know, Rob will be able to tell you that if you ask him about that because he was really adamant on that as it happened. But overall, and before we get into some of the analytics of um, some of the games that uh, transpired, what do you take, Dave, just from the overall feeling from the Rangers in the sense of what's gone on? Because now this trend of just not being at their best and beating teams that they need to has kind of turned into a bit of, you know, bad habits, so to speak. So what are, you, what are your thoughts about kind of the lackadaisical play and what it means for the team going forward, which would also actually segue into something else we're going to talk about as well? I don't know if it's just lackadaisical play. I mean, these guys are human. They got an eight-day break coming up. You know how it is when you have a vacation at work coming. You kind of just mail it in for the last day or two. Oh, yeah. Shouldn't really happen in professional sports, but they're human. It does happen. I don't think that's the issue. I don't even think that's an issue, but it's definitely a talking point that people have. I just think it's bad timing. I mean, you have... Finally, Kako 
returning to the lineup. And Rob Luker put up a chart that basically, as soon as he came back, the line with Kreider and Zibanejad actually started producing a lot more chances, but, uh, but the finishing still hasn't been there. And they did, I think they scored twice on that trip, twice in four games, something like that. Yeah. And, you know, you want more out of your top line. It's a thousand percent accurate. You want more. People saying that they need more goals out of that line are a thousand percent right. But the converse, conversely, Kako makes that line a net positive on the ice just based off of his defensive zone play and his neutral zone play and his forechecking and his board work that allows Kreider to do his thing in front of the net and gives Zibanejad space. Shooting is such a weird beast that people that hate Kako will say, oh, it's because Kako can't finish, ignoring the fact that Zibanejad and Kreider are the finishers on that line. And people that are absolute Kako apologists will say, well, it's on Zibanejad and Kreider to finish. Kako just kind of does the dirty work like Jesper Foss. Like we were talking, I think this was last week when we were talking about how you can't, you can't have it both ways saying Jesper Foss is a top six player, but Kako isn't. It's, and, and then there's shooting, which, which can be wildly subject to variance. I mean, right. a post here or there, an amazing save, a goalie just having a good day, your stick breaking on a shot. Um, all of that plays into this. And then you have the fact that the Rangers for quite some time have more or less been carried by their power play. Right. And power play scoring recently, I think Megan Shaka put, uh, I don't have to pronounce their la- her last name. It's Chaika. Chaika, Shaka. It, it wasn't Chaika the way I thought it would be. It was something else. But she put out a chart. And basically, since Christmas, the Rangers went from being top 10 in every major statistical category to, to bottom 10 in every major. Uh, oh, my God. I can't talk. They went from <laughs> top 10 in every major statistical category to bottom 10 in every major statistical category. And that's about a month of play. What is that? 15 games, roughly. Um, so it could be that the simplest answer is the right answer. And it's just a fucking slump. And that's all it is. There are a lot of factors that may contribute to the slump, but it is a slump. And I think, I forgot who said this, but Vegas went through a huge slump like this last year. They lost like eight in a row or something. They went and then two, they won the Stanley Cup. I think, right. I, I, think, I think the streak was two, six, and two. Um, and then they ended up winning the Cup. So now it gets to the point where... Is this is this just a slump like you're saying, or are are there fundamental issues with this club? Um, my personal opinion, I don't exactly think it's as bad as it seems. I think a lot of it really falls on the players itself to you know kind of get the groove going a little bit. Um, you know, it seems like the coaching staff has given them every opportunity to succeed. You know, it's evident with putting Kako on line one, and you know. Uh, you know, basically keeping the D pairs the same because they're really not the problem. And obviously now we saw, you know, LaViolette, you know, change a couple things around when it comes to some of the defense. But um, 
overall, I think I think it's just kind of it's it's just it's strange because what's the adage is that the team they're not as good as they are, but you're never as good as your best, and you're never as bad as your worst. So yes. I think w- when you put kind of put two and two together, it just it just it just kind of you know it's 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 just a very crappy sort of timing of events. I I'm not buying into the whole you know, uh, oh, everything's falling apart and, you know, this is what they, you know, deserve. It's just like people just want to be negative, but I definitely... Who's saying this is what they deserve? Who the hell is saying shit like that? Oh, you go on, you go on the inner depths of X, you see it, you know. Okay, Okay, first off, it's not X, it's Twitter. Fuck Elmo. It's Twitter, I know, I know, that. that's just, it's just become an impulse reaction to say that, but, uh, you know, and and I I think I saw a tweet that somebody had said that, oh, well, you know, if they don't do something this year, then they need to trade the core. And I'm thinking, well, oh, I saw that. I saw that. And I wrote an entire post about not needing to blow yeah. up the roster. Oh, God. The Doom yeah, and Bloom which, never fails to make me laugh. No, it really doesn't. And, you know, out of all the professional sports teams that I follow, the New York Rangers are probably the least, you know, tattered and damaged group of players I've seen. And then there's, there's all their questioning the – the leadership of the room and, you know, questioning oh, the- whether or not, you know, Mika's worthy because, you know, he's doing this. Mika's right worthy? Or- you know, it, it's just, worthy? I can understand if... You're going to carry Thor's hammer? <laughs> I know, right? I can understand if if Mika had a, you know, this sort of pattern where he just uh, just sucked every single year and they're kind of holding on to their, you know, to their track record of, you know, things they did way in the past. But Mika has shown before in many occasions, he's a very streaky player. We all know this. Mm -hmm. He's shown that he's been able to, you know, help this team and carry them through strong period, long periods of time with strong play. So I, I, I just think it's a malaise. Is it a little concerning? Of course it is. You don't want to see your team lose you know especially lose games against teams that definitely deserve it but um but you know i don't want to say it is what it is but i mean it gets to the point where you just kind of have to see what happens and now uh this brings us to my next point which we could talk about is so obviously the rangers are in been a kind of a flux right now with you know some of the personnel um we'll touch first on the waving of nick bonino um, so the thing about Benino, when they signed him, he was supposed to be exclusively for the fourth line, right? He was supposed to be a face-off only guy. He was going to be one to just kind of stabilize the fourth line and just give them a, a veteran presence, a grinder type who can win you a couple draws and play maybe five, six, seven minutes a night. But due to the injury with Heedle and with Kako as well, if you want to include him in there, it's kind of... And Goodrow. And Goudreau, Goudreau lost half his jaw, basically. Yeah, we still I know. don't know what piece of his jaw he spit out of his mouth, by the way. To this day, I'm still trying to figure that out. But, you know, uh, good on him for actually, you know, trying to play through it, which I give him a lot of credit for. So with all those injuries said and done, you basically have kind of an imperfect roster. And you're putting Nick Benino in a spot or as uh, – Jack Edwards affectionately likes to call him Nick Boligno. <laughs> so, um, obviously, Man, the results you watch way come. too many away team broadcasts, dude. Yeah, that's true. I, I tend to dabble too much when I make those videos and I kind of get caught up in them. But, you know, now that Benino 
was elevated and he was given more of a role uh, in terms of like a third line, you know, four check kind of role. You, you kind of see the deficiencies in his game. Obviously he's a bit older in terms of hockey age and you can see how other teams tend to expose his lack of offensive ability. So the Rangers, you know, the day that we're recording this have decided to put him on waivers. That doesn't mean he's going to be gone forever unless the team claims him, but that just means that he won't be a consistent option going forward unless there is some sort of roster crunch. Now I'll press this to you, Dave. Give me your thoughts on just Benino as a player in general, what this means for the team and uh, how the Rangers are going to, I guess, adjust moving forward with essentially losing your fourth line center. So you said about Benino on the ice, you hit the nail on the head. The dude was playing well out of his elements. He has, he still has a fantastic hockey mind and in the right system and in the right situation, he can still be, a decent fourth liner. I don't think he'd be an effective fourth liner, but decent. You know, somebody you can plug in every other game. I don't think the Rangers planned on having him play 82 games this year. Um, it's unfortunate. Dude is a great presence in the locker room from everything we've heard. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to point out some of the things that I think are going overlooked as part of this because it's easy to get focused on Benito himself. This is the first time since John Tortorella that the Rangers have cut a veteran player who just could not cut it anymore. How often have we thought that Brodzinski would be the guy coming out of the lineup or Pitlick, despite Pitlick outperforming Benino, even if it's a different position? Like, there were so much, there were so many people thinking, okay, Benino's going to stay in the lineup. They're going to run Goodrow as a 3C. And we're going to see the same shit we saw under AV, under Quinn, under Gallant, et cetera, et cetera. And lo and behold, Peter Laviolette has this team's pulse. He knows what's going on. Right. And I think a move like this while personally will upset some players at a personal level, you know, everybody's friends in the lock for the most part, everybody's friends in the locker room. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to see one of their guys go to the AHL, even if he's not going to take a pay cut in the AHL, but they're signaling, Hey, we want to win. This is how we, we've seen that. He just, he's not producing the way we had hoped. We're going right. to find a way to replace him, be it when Heedle comes back and reforming the VZ Goodrow pit line or finding a 4C at the trade deadline or putting Johnny Brodzinski as the center and making a line of VZ Brodzinski Goodrow. Right. Or VZ Goodrow Brodzinski, whichever way you want to slice right. it. Now, there are two things that the Rangers have done in that one move that we haven't seen in a while, cutting a veteran and giving the roster spot to somebody who was far more deserving, even if they weren't really on anybody's radar to start the season. Right. And I think that's so, a big positive. No, hundred percent. I, I definitely agree with that. And you know, you meant you, the big point that you mentioned is that Laviolette has the pulse of this team and it's been it's been quite some time that we've seen a Ranger coach actually understand his room well enough where it's not just dictated by the players. And I think 
ultimately at the end of the day, that's what good teams have is, you know, basically having their coach understand the room, but also allowing the players to kind of do their own thing. It's like a really healthy mix in between. And, you know, it does suck for Benino because, you know, like you said, he was a good locker room guy. You know, the players seem to like him. You know, if everything he's going to be work, back, by the way, no, no, he's going to be back. No, 100%. Um, because if you think about it, playoffs are going to come if he doesn't come now. If he's not back within the next couple of weeks due to injury, the playoffs are always going to be a thing. He's going to be there. But like you said, yep. it, sig- it signals how serious this team is. And, you know, just from, you know, just to touch quickly on the, the, uh, Western, the Western road trip, you could see that they were just kind of in like this malaise and, you know, they needed like a little shakeup. And I think B- um, Benino was the perfect, I don't want to say target, but B- Benino was the perfect guy for that because he can't essentially be replaced. You know, you see the way Tyler Pitlick has played when he's been in the lineup. He's kind of been a net positive in possession, not by much, but he's definitely provided a little bit more in terms of being that fourth line grinder. And the same kind of goes for Goodrow and also Jimmy VC, which was also a very pleasant surprise. So, you know, I, I, you know, basically echo your sentiments on that. And now that brings the question, what exactly will the Rangers do at the trade deadline? This can kind of put two into one. So now before we speak about the deadline, we can talk about Philip Heedle. Um, Heedle, as we all know, is back in New York after going back home to Chechia and uh, kind of recovering from his uh, concussion issues. And it was just shown that he was skating in a non-contact jersey, which is nice. Um, You know, it's good to see him that he was skating around on the ice, no issues, and it seemed like everything was going well. So now with the possible return of Heedle, which it seems like it's going to happen sooner than later, and with the impending trade deadline coming up, you know, we can – you know, there's been a lot, of, a lot of this discussion online. Um, what do you see the Rangers trying to do? Obviously, this all depends on the health of Philip Heedle and what his status is. But let's let let's go. Let's say that he's going to be back. So if Heedle comes back, what do you see the Rangers doing? And I'll even throw in this: what kind of players do you see them trying to get? to kind of stabilize the roster. Now, I know you probably had mentioned this before online, but, you know, it would be nice to reiterate it, of course. Um, what do you think the Rangers would probably go after at the deadline? And also kind of maybe talk about what do you think Philip Heedle's role will be going down the, down the line of the season? So Heedle coming back is probably the most important ad at the deadline. And it looks like he's going to be back right after their bye week on All-Star break. So... Another eight, which is nine phenomenal, by the way. Yeah, I can't believe he's back because when he returned to Chechia, I was like, okay, he's done for the season. Like, you don't send yeah. the guy home and just have this miraculous turnaround. But sometimes all you need to do is go home and skate with Yami or Yager, apparently. <laughs> well, that definitely helps. That's for sure. I'll say I that mean, much. get some of those, you know, still playing hockey at 77 years old. Yager, you know, practices <laughs> into him, maybe a little bit of a blood transfusion, get some of that going. <laughs> And yeah, Heedle's good to go. The brain going a little bit more, yeah. But <laughs> you throw Heedle into the lineup, and now, and all due respect to Johnny Brzezinski, who has earned the 13 forward line, the 13 forward role on the team, Heedle is a far better player than Brzezinski on the third line. And 
with the recent line changes, you're looking at a third line of Heedle, uh, Cooley, and Kako. That's going to be an interesting line to watch, especially when the Rangers land their first trade deadline target, which is going to be a scoring right wing. They're, they need to find somebody for that top line. I don't know if they're going to go Tarasenko, even though it worked the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they want to revisit it. My preference is Jordan Eberle. Oh, if, yeah. If, you, you've been it, fawning over him in the chat for some time now. Yep. Um, the one caveat to all of this trade deadline discussion is I have absolutely no fucking clue how long-term injured reserve works on the cap. The only thing I know is they haven't accrued any cap space. And as of now, on cap friendly. Once Heedle comes off of LTIR, the Rangers have $200,000 in cap space. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So I don't know what that means with Benino being waived, with Heedle coming off of long-term injured reserve, how they can bank cap space, how much cap space they can bank. I don't know any of that. And until cap friendly updates with Benino gone and with Heedle off long-term injured reserve, we're not going to know unless hockey no, stat miner ever replies to the tweet. I sent him this morning about, yo, I have no idea what this means, which I don't think he's going to at this point. Um, <laughs> that's fair. It's fair. He's been yeah, very, yeah. uh, he's been, he hasn't been as active this year, probably for better given the state of Twitter lately. Um, right. I can't blame him at all. No, um, absolutely not. But I would love Jordan Eberle if the Rangers can find a way to land him for, what, a Matthew Robertson, a second-round pick, and, what, a fifth to money launder through, insert team here, or fourth <laughs> to money launder. So you get him at, what, $1.5 million on the season. So I think that's their biggest priority. I would love for them to get a 4C Tommy Novak out of Nashville is somebody that I like. Um, I mentioned him on one of the Patreon posts. Um, I think those are the two big ones they have to add because you add in Eberle or a scoring right wing and Wheeler is now a spare. You add in a 4C and now Brodzinski and Pitlick are spares. Okay. So now your injury replacements in the playoffs are Wheeler, Brodzinski, Pitlick, Benino. You got four guys before Jake Decision sees the fucking ice anymore. <laughs> well, <laughs> so I'm so sick and tired of seeing Jake Decision called up. <laughs> Holy shit! So normally, when you when you when you, when we talk about players and you see the discourse discourse online, uh, I'm not one to kind of pile on a player, so to speak, but Jake Lecision is probably, and it's funny because I know how to spell his name like right off the bat, like right off the top, no problem, but he's the only player that I can probably say, yeah, he kind of deserves the criticism he gets because he's just, you know, I see a lot of people say that he, he does cardio, which is kind of true. He was kind of like Brett Howden, except Howden had some semblance of offense on him, but no, I, in terms of the, the upgrades for the team, I definitely do agree. Um, it's it's weird about the 4C and Goodrow because, you know, it, it just I'm just thinking about it. And Goodrow is – it's weird. He paraded at a, as a center for a very long time, and it's like he comes to the Rangers and he just is not that guy. 
And, you know, Suit said it the best, you know, our colleague on BSB, you know, he said that Goodrow's a winger. And when they ultimately made the deals that they did, you know, a couple of years ago, um, you know, to kind of put Goodrow at center, it was kind of confusing because they didn't really address it, so to speak, for the playoffs last year. And funny enough, Goodrow was actually probably our best center in the playoffs. But he he's not a center. But again, are you willing to throw him back there again? It's, he's it's a all center f- in a pinch. That's right. It. Like, Which it's weird because in 2022, when they were playing the Penguins, he was probably really good as a center. And then I guess, you know, everything just kind of fell apart. So um, I'll say this in terms of adding uh, a, a winger. Um, I do agree with Jordan Eberle. I like him a lot. Um, a lot of, you know, I saw him, you know, I can't count how many times I've seen that man snipe a puck home against us, either at Madison Square Garden or just watching it on TV. So I think that would be a good add. Um, would you think that the Rangers maybe would try and find someone with like term, but a, a cheaper contract, or maybe they have the term in the contract, but the team only defers part of the contract for this year? Because now I'm thinking of possibly someone like an Elias Lindholm who. Um, or not Lindholm, sorry. Uh, not uh, Yanni Lindholm. Gord. Yanni Gord, sorry. <sighs> who are you, um, Tyler? <laughs> well, no, yeah, but Yanni Gord, Yanni Gord is a good option, though. No, but, Gord is um, a good option, but he's got that extra year on his contract. That's the thing. So do you take that risk, yes or no? So would I take the risk on Yanni Gord? Yes. I like Yanni Gord. I think he is the right kind of player. The Rangers would need for the third line. Right. But remember now we're looking at Kako on the third line. It depends on where Peter Laviolette wants to go. I'm basing what I said off of Kako on the third line. If Kako's on the top line, Yanni Gord makes perfect sense because right. He can play any forward position. You can run him around that third line. He can play up in the second line if needed. He can play down if needed. He's got that tenacity that the Rangers would love to have, in addition to basically Cooley, who's the only other forward that plays that kind of style. And he would be a great add. That extra year is a problem. And the role is the problem. I don't think we know enough about Kako's spot this year. If we're if Kako's on the top line, Gord is probably my answer. If Kako's on the okay. third line, Eberly is my answer. Okay. So now And then if, if the Rangers acquire Gord, you know for a fact Barkley Goodrow's gone next year. Oh no, hundred Yeah, hundred percent. And I and I was just gonna say that too, that if they end up getting a guy with uh, either term where he has a long-term contract or not a long-term contract, but like a high number, you know, that good is going to definitely not be here because more than likely if they're taking on someone with either short term, whether it's a year or two um, and a sizable amount of money, then you obviously know that good is going to be gone. Um, so there's that. Now, one more thing before we wrap up, not too much of a long podcast this week. Um, we'll be releasing this uh, the day of the uh, Vegas game. So just a couple things. Uh, first and foremost, so now, you know, obviously we know the Rangers are going to make the playoffs. Um, so who do you see in terms of reinforcements? Do you see the Rangers calling up, you know, that's sort of like the black aces, so to speak. 
Ooh, all right. So we're going to operate under the assumption that the Rangers post-deadline carry Brodzinski and Wheeler. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, no, that doesn't work. Oh, wait, Nino's gone. That's 12. Heedle back. That's 13 again. I'm, I'm looking at cap friendly right now. So if the Rangers acquire two forwards, they have to essentially send down at least one to stay under the roster size limit. I w- no one's claiming Brodzinski, and yeah, I can't even say that with certainty anymore because Brodzinski has played somewhat well. Oh, I think um, he's serviceable somewhere. Yeah. I think someone would take a flyer on him, especially a team yeah. that's playoffs. I think so. Yeah, but he, I mean – He's 30 years old, so that's the thing for right. me is he's 30. Pitlick's 32. Benito probably won't get claimed. Um, Wheeler, if the Rangers keep him out of the lineup with whatever acquisition, uh, Benito will be Benito's on waiver, so that's Wheeler, Pitlick, Brodzinski. And if you add in basically Heedle and two forwards, those three guys need to – two of those guys need to be waived. Let's assume everybody clears. Just that was a whole lot of gibberish to say. Let's just assume everybody <laughs> fucking clears. Good God, I'm I'm sorry for anybody that just listened to whatever the fuck I just said. Um, well, we're I'll probably haven't everybody. been any better tonight. So <laughs> we're going to assume everybody clears waivers. Benino will be back up. Wheeler, Pitlick, Brodzinski. Those are your four key black aces. Um, I. Th- think the Rangers might call up no Hartford's in the playoff hunt so I, they, there may not be many black aces from Hartford other than Benino hmm. because Hartford's a good team right maybe they actually try to send Brzezinski back down because he put up he was on a two point per game pace basically before yeah. the Rangers called him up um on defense Ben Harper's out for the year may uh no Zach Jones, maybe they get a seventh defenseman. I was, I was just going to say that we forgot to mention Zach Jones. That. Yeah, that maybe they probably go out and get, you know, kind of like a similar player to what Justin Braun was. Yeah. You know, to kind of fill the fill the bird fill the fill the hole of um, Patrick Nemeth. I was going to say flipping the bird, but I'm not flipping the bird to Patrick Nemeth. I don't know why that came to my head in the first place, but yeah, we also forgot to mention that too that uh, you know, Considering how you don't want to say this about Zach Jones, you know, um, he's a good defenseman, but as you know, Rob has stated before, I've stated here and also on um, in our chat as well. The the Rangers need a guy who can slot in when there's an injury. Um, yes, Ben Harper, I think would have been good at that, but he's out for the year. Oh, as fuck much you. As- Harper <laughs> no. is not an NHL player. Well, if you need him in a pinch, and he kind of, you know, filled was able to fill the role a little bit better than Zach Jones would in a pinch. And I said in a pinch. I'm not saying that he's a permanent solution. I just said in a pinch. <laughs> so all right, all right. And all plus, right. He's, I, listen, I'm I'm crazy. I was I was uh, I was born at night. I wasn't born last night. <laughs> so, but um, that I guess, is an interesting uh, quote. <laughs> Well, I mean, you can also say I was born in the day I wasn't born yesterday. So, um, so outside of that and my lame comments, um, I think Othman, if I'd say if Hartford gets eliminated early, which, you know, fingers crossed, they actually win the Calder. Um, I think Othman would be an option. 
you know, kind of just have him around the team during the playoffs, see what oh, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. needed. Um, I'd also say, and this is kind of a long shot, Artem Anisimov. He's not on an NHL contract. They can always still do it. <laughs> they <laughs> you know, can. Playoffs, yes, so. they can. No, no, it has to be uh, before the trade deadline. Before the trade deadline. Okay, so why not? Yes. Hey, you know, but. Uh, how is he doing, actually? Let's check out his stats. I just put my, I moved my microphone to go type it. I realized I was still talking. Let's check out his stats. I'm actually intrigued by this. I'm typing with one hand while I hold my mic. So give me a second, a little bit of time. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Dave. <laughs> he has a goal and an assist in two, in eight games. I'm ignoring your little quip. Um, <laughs> last year with Lehigh Valley, he put up 36 points, 19 goals in 55 games. If he's on an NHL contract, if you know, that's not a bad idea. I like it. It's really not. But, Again, I want to make sure that we're clear. Not so much for you, JL. Anisimov is on an AHL-only contract yes, as of the AHL. Yes. 9.16 p.m. Thursday evening. Yes. Only only AHL contract. So they, they would have to sign him to a contract in order for him to come back to the NHL if needed, or even just to have him as a placeholder uh, for a possible black ace. But Them's the breaks, I guess. That's what the people yeah. say. Is that what the kids say nowadays? But I don't know. You know, I'm getting up. Throw, I'm getting up there. Yeah. Just adding one other thing to that. I wonder if the Rangers signed him or the Wolfpack signed him because Johnny Brzezinski is not going back to the AHL this season. Just that's food a fair for thought. point. No, that's actually a fair point because uh, if the Rangers wanted to get rid of him, they would have gotten rid of him by now. Yes, I think so. And I think that he's definitely left an impression on LaViolette in the sense that, you know, because with Gallant, it was different. He didn't really care, but um, LaViolette loves those types of players. And it, and, and, and this is my last point about Brodzinski before we finish is I can see why he is a very, he's very fast and he, he's got one heck of a shot, but it's kind of like, you can tell there's something missing. And if I'm wrong on that, please let me know. But I like Brodzinski a lot. I think he's a superb spare player, fourth line player, third line in a pinch kind of guy. But he has such a good shot that it annoys me a little bit that it's not being utilized a lot more. You know, maybe that's just me. I might be wrong. I, I, I tend to forget whether he's on the second power play unit or not. But I think that would be a good option for him on this team. But, you know. I get what do I, I, I like the idea. No, I, I like that idea. I don't watch Hartford enough. We would need like Will to chime in on that one. Um, but hey, stranger things have happened. I mean, Chris Kreider joined the Rangers for the playoffs after finishing up college at BC. So, and then you know, he's been here ever since. What are we at right. 13, 14 years now? Oh, Chris Kreider, gracious. So, I mean, stranger <laughs> things have happened. The Rangers right. once traded for Peter Holland. You know, I liked him. I did. I liked Peter Holland. I thought he was serviceable, you know? I, I feel like a lot of the lower-end guys get a lot of hate. I liked Peter Holland. I really did like Aaron Asham, too. Now I'm going... Aaron Asham was a... No, no, Aaron Asham and Dan Carcillo were the two 
best fourth liners the Rangers acquired in that era. Both were I, I agree. positives on the ice. They told the line perfectly. They knew exactly mm-hmm. what their roles were, and they and Dan Carcillo scored twice in Game Seven against the That's no, right. not twice in Game Seven. Sorry, he scored he twice score one, against though. the Flyers. Against the Flyers, he scored one, one in Game Seven. Them off. Yes, and then five, he's yeah, and he had the beautiful uh, the tap in goal off of Zook's blind spinorama oh, backhand centering pass. Oh God, that pass was amazing. I know. Oh gosh, I watched those highlights, and I'm just thinking, man, I. I I, I love love Zuccarello. Actually, Zuccarello might be an option uh, for the Rangers to pick up. Not if that contract. Not well, that's contract. true. But isn't hold up? Let me pull that, that up. I don't know. If Actually, the Wild are selling, or... right? Um, that's a Didn't good. The question. Wild just trade somebody to Pittsburgh. Will Butcher, I think. Yeah, Will Butcher, and they also okay. dealt uh, Kalen Addison to. Um, oh yeah. To San Jose. Oh, that's so. weird. Uh, Zook has. I mean, trade clauses don't really matter. Uh, six million this year, four point one two five the next two years. He's thirty six years old. Oh. You're requiring a thirty five plus contract. I Never love mind. Matt Zuccarello. This is a hard pass for me. <laughs> Never mind. I was under the initial assumption that Zuccarello was uh, Zuccarello was on an expiring deal, or at least a deal that was expiring uh, the following season. I wasn't really aware. You know what? Tied up that way, actually. Oops. You know, I am looking at Minnesota, and I have no idea if they're blowing it up or if they're just trading expiring contracts. Ryan Hartman is an interesting player. He's 29 years old, three years, $4 million after this season. I haven't watched enough of him, but he's an interesting player to I think keep he your would eye do on. Well. I think he would. That, that actually could be an option, actually, if the Rangers are willing to take that. It just all depends on how much they're willing to spend, but we'll we'll say we'll save a lot of that for uh, an episode getting closer to the deadline. But that should be it, I think, right for tonight, Dave. I think we pretty much covered a pretty decent amount tonight. Um, so we, we didn't that- have questions because I forgot to tweet it out, and with Rob not being here, he's usually the one that tweets it. So uh, sorry about that, guys. Yeah, we'll get, you, we'll my get your questions. That's all good. We we live our lives and. You know, stuff happens. So we'll get to your questions on the on the next episode. But um, so, yeah, so we hope that the Rangers can kind of right the ship again a little bit. Um, you know, they play the, the day that this is released. They will play Vegas and uh, they play Ottawa once more before the uh, All-Star break. And the Rangers will have some time to kind of regroup and collect themselves because, you know, a um, they have the bye week along with the All-Star break. So. We hope that they can actually kind of pull it together and give us some pretty good hockey down the line. So anything else you'd like to say before we finish, Dave? Um, I just want to reiterate what you said. You're never as good as you are your best. You're never as bad as you are your worst. The Rangers are going to hit this eight-day eight break. They're going to come back refreshed. They're going to make the run. I still think this is the team that comes out of the East. I still think they can win a Stanley cup. If everything falls properly, you do need a lot of luck in addition to being Mm -hmm. a good team to win a Stanley cup. This is just a slump. The simplest answer is, is almost always the correct answer. I couldn't disagree. I couldn't agree more, Dave. I didn't, I think they will be fine. So 
Again, thank you everyone for taking the time out to listen to our little shindig here. And we'll be back soon enough with another episode of Live from the Blue Seats. Thank you again. And uh, Rob and Becky, we hope that they'll, uh, they'll be back with us soon enough. And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. And let's go Rangers. Thank you.